Wonderful to be here this morning. We've enjoyed the services already, and not just because it's a Rock of Ages Sunday. I'm always amazed at what the Lord's doing through the missionaries that serve with the ministry, and I'm grateful for our pastor. I know I say this repeatedly, and I hope that uh, you don't get tired of hearing it. If you do, oh well, uh, you'll just have to get tired because I'm going to keep saying it. I believe joining the Bible Baptist Church uh, here in Rossville's the best decision we've made in our ministry and family in many, many years. And so I'm grateful for the church and you're inquiring about the ministry and thank you for your personal uh, support, allowing us to represent you on the mission field. And uh, then thank you for supporting the Rock of Ages ministries and for not only giving, but also for going. And we had a great number of you that has helped us at the Silverdale Crystal Institution and also up at the South Carolina Blitz. And we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in the days ahead. So please continue to pray for us. I'm grateful for every missionary family the Lord's given to us at the Rock of Ages. And uh, there's much more to come as far as the presentations and what the Lord has done uh, throughout 2017, what the Lord is doing uh, here this year. Uh, just uh, as you read through these numbers, and uh, Brother Roth gives us the updates on the souls that were saved in 2017. Also want to just mention this morning that we closed the year with over 20,000 studying the Bible with us on a daily basis through our Discipleship Institute. And our postage average is about $1,900 per week. And uh, God has been gracious to that. And I know the church has helped us with that in times past. We're grateful that our printing ministry, uh, all of that material, the millions of pieces of material that are distributed on an annual basis is all given free of charge to our missionaries. And so we're grateful for what the Lord's done. I was just sitting there this morning as our missionaries were given presentation. And just to those that are in our services today, uh, there's conservatively 154 years of missionary ex experience and service, and to that I'm grateful. If you have your Bible this morning, let's go to the uh, Scriptures, and we'll go to the New Testament, if you would, with me, please, a very familiar text. Uh, let's go to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 4. John, chapter 4, and uh, once you've found that, let's stand in reverence to the reading of the Scripture. I'm well aware of the time this morning. And uh, I'm reminded of what one of our preachers that's in heaven now, Dr. Elvis Emerson, was our field director for uh, many years at the ministry. And uh, he used to quote an older preacher and said, the mind can only absorb what the seat can endure. And uh, so this morning we'll ever be conscious of that. And uh, we will get into the scriptures this morning and get out. And the Lord willing, uh, we may be able to finish up this evening uh, from our text if the Lord didn't allow us to finish this morning. But uh, thank you for your giving and for all that you've done for our ministry departments. We'll say more of that this evening uh, with the services where there's more time. Notice, if you would please, in John chapter 4, and let's go straight to our text verse, if you would please, in verse number 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Let's pray. Fathers, we bow before you. We love you and we thank you for the presentations we've heard this morning, for the burdens that's been conveyed from the hearts of these men and also Brother Byers concerning Germany and the need there in that country. Now I would ask our Father that you may help us this morning to lift up our eyes and look on the fields that are white already to harvest. I would ask you, Lord, that you'll send forth even more missionaries from our church. God, may you call young men into the ministry. And Lord, I would pray that you'll continue to move in our midst. And Father, may you take our lives, use it for thy glory and honor. 
Now, Lord, I know today is our mission's emphasis and, and the Rock of Ages day. But our Father, what greater opportunity could we have to come and to uh, celebrate missions and have the opportunities that lay before us and present the mission fields of the world? And what greater opportunity than to know of one here this morning coming to know Christ as her personal Savior? So I'd ask you if there is one here that's lost, may the Holy Spirit of God speak to them, show them their need for salvation, and help them to act upon that need this hour. We love you and we thank you for all you've done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I would like to lay a foundation to our text and give you some brief thoughts concerning our scripture. Notice, if you would please, in John 4, 35, Jesus says to the disciples, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white, already to harvest. In the context of our scripture, I have three things that I would like to bring to our attention this morning. And the first one is the apathy of the hour. Notice in the context of the scripture, Jesus says in the very opening statement of our verse, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. The disciples were standing with the Lord Jesus by a field that was white and all ready to be harvested. And in their mind, they had seen fields of this fashion and of this nature uh, throughout most of their lives. And as they are standing, they look out over the fields and in their mind and in their heart, they are thinking that the owner of this field has four months to uh, glean the harvest before he loses it. But Jesus brings them to the urgency of the hour and he says to them, lift up your eyes and look on the fields where they are white already to harvest. Notice the spirit of the apathy of the hour in the disciples. They knew this truth. They knew that when the grain turned white, that it was uh, near the end of the harvest. And as the scripture says in the Old Testament, that the, winter is, or the harvest is past and the summer is ended and we are not saved. And in the context of our scripture, if we would take time to read chapter 4 in its entirety, Jesus is working and ministering to a Samaritan woman. And I know I've heard over the years of my life, and I'm not arguing the point about uh, the uh, interracial aspect of this text, but I believe there's a whole lot more. And I believe that the real uh, truth of the matter goes back even in our Old Testament to the book of uh, 2 Kings. For you find that the area of Samaria was settled by a people of various nations. And the problem was not so much the, the marital issue. The problem was their idolatry. And they worshipped other gods and there were issues. And I'll not take the time to re read in Second Kings concerning uh, the matter. But we find that the disciples, because of Samaria and the Samaritans, uh, their culture and worshipping idols, they wanted nothing whatsoever to do with them. And so we find that as a result of this, Jesus has come. And the Bible says there in verse number 7 in the opening of our chapter, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. And notice in verse number 8, For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. The disciples were uninterested in reaching anyone in Samaria. The disciples were uninterested in preaching the gospel or sharing Christ with those of Samaria. 
the Bible teaches us, and as we study this passage of Scripture, that this lady was from the city, and in verse number 8, we find that the disciples were going away unto the city to buy meat. Now let me ask you if I could, uh, in our text, we find this morning that Jesus, of course, uh, he shares with her of the, that he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God. And the Bible tells us in our uh, text in verse number 26, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And as soon as this lady, uh, her blinders are lifted from her eyes, as soon as she has a spiritual awakening, as soon as she realizes she has met the Master, she has met the Savior of the world. As soon as she uh, acknowledges that he is God in the flesh and Jesus says, I am he that speaketh unto thee, immediately in the following verse, in verse number 27, the Bible says, and upon this... In other words, upon the realization that uh, Jesus, the Son of God, she had met him. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? And the woman left uh, her water, then left her water pots and went into the way, into the city, and saith unto men, Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. And notice her acknowledgement. Is not this the Christ? And so the Bible tells us in the preceding verse, in verse number 30, And they went out of the city and came unto him. Let me ask you something this morning. The disciples had gone into the city to buy bread and Jesus wins an idolater to the Lord, one who worship idols. The disciples come back with bread. But when this woman who found Christ, the Son of God, had entered back into the city of Samaria, she proclaimed with a loud voice, Come see a man that told me all that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And when she comes back into the well, the men of the city, multitudes, follow her to find the Savior that she had found. Let me ask you this morning, where are the disciples' converts? Where are the disciples' crowd that followed out of the city of Samaria and brought them to the Savior? You see the apathy of the spirit of the disciples and Jesus is using this scenario to bring them into the realization of their apathetic complacency. See, apathy is a lack of interest. It is a lack of enthusiasm or a lack of concern in a ministry that is at hand or an opportunity that lays before us. And so we find that Jesus is drawing the disciples to the conclusion of their apathy. Let me ask you this morning, are you genuinely concerned about souls being converted to the Lord Jesus Christ? This morning as presentations were given, as the gospel was preached, as regions and opportunities of the world were presented, was your heart moved? Or did you set potentially with a spirit of apathy? We find in Psalm 2 and verse number 8, the Bible says, Ask of me and I shall give you the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. 
and the Samaritans were considered to be heathen or unbelievers, idolaters, and the disciples wanted nothing to do with them. But Jesus did. Jesus had conversation with the lady and her eyes were open and she realized that he was the answer to her sin, the answer to her idolatry, the answer to her eternal soul. And her eyes were open and she believed in Christ. And may I say to you this morning that we need to awaken from our spirit of apathy and realize the condition of society, not only the regions of the world, but in our own nation and back door. I mentioned some time ago that Chattanooga, Tennessee was rated equal with Salt Lake City as being the most religious city in America and one of the most religious cities in the world. And I say to you that if Chattanooga, Tennessee is one of the most religious cities of the world and you are the, of our nation and one of the most religious cities of the world and you travel throughout Tennessee and throughout specifically Chattanooga distributing gospel tracts and witnessing and find the rejection and rebellion of Christ and the gospel and the church, then I say to you, if Chattanooga, Tennessee is one of the most religious cities in America, what hope is there for the rest of America this morning? We live in a time and an era of apathy in our churches. In Psalm 142 and verse number 4, the psalmist says, I looked in the right hand and beheld, but no, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me and no man cared for my soul. I say to you this morning, we live in a day and an age and a time and an era. And I thank God that our church has a vision for world missions and evangelization. But as a whole, America is in a spirit of apathy. I'm glad that I'm a member of a church that where we can get excited about giving. We can get excited about souls being saved. We can get excited about giving our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have had a number of folks that have traveled with us and visited in the institutions that when they left, they went home excited and fired up about the souls that had been saved and those that they'd been able to lead to the Lord. There have been a number of occasions where Christians and church members have gone with us into the prisons and had the opportunity to reach their first soul for Christ. May I say to you that we need to awaken and realize the urgency of the hour and the importance of reaching souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice second with me this morning, and I'll disconnect about midways on this thought, the Lord willing. But notice not only do we see the apathy of the hour, and by the way, can I just say to you, Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already. And so we find, secondly, the urgency of the hour. It's not just that this was a field of grain that was ready to be harvested. The grain was white already to, for harvest. In other words, Jesus is bringing the disciples to the realization that if the owner does not get this field harvested soon and very soon, he'll lose the entire crop. And may I say to you that the harvest is perishing for lack of labors. 
We don't have too many knocking the doors down at the Rock of Ages Ministries to join up as a missionary or, and others at BIMI and, and Macedonia and Maranatha and Amazing Grace and all these other mission organizations. May I say to you, the hour is urgent. And we find the apathy of the hour, but now we see the urgency of the hour. And Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. It's a case of life or death. It is a case of now or never. It is an emergency because of the awful need of lost humanity. It is a matter of eternal life and eternal death. For 7.6 billion people that live on the planet earth as of this morning before heading to church services. The multitudes are passing away far faster than we can reach them. So far this year up into this service, there have been over 16 and a half million people on the planet earth that has passed away and slipped out into eternity. That means if you take the souls that have died and slipped out into eternity on planet earth already up until this very day and divide it by the seconds uh, from January the 1st when the clock clicked over in the first second into 2018, just to reach the multitudes and the masses that have died since the first second of January 1st of 2018, we would have had to reach two souls for Christ every single second already this year. And that's just those that have died already this year. Does not include the 7.6 billion that live on the planet earth. Do you see the urgency of the hour? The disciples are interested in bread, but Jesus is interested in souls. And, and as the disciples show up, this lady comes out of, of the city she comes in, and here's a mass multitude coming from the city of Samaria, and they're approaching the Lord, and the disciples show up at that very moment. And they overlook the crowd that is in need of the gospel. The urgency of the hour. How many of our loved ones do we pass by day after day after day after day and never tell them of the saving grace of God? We never tell them what the Lord has done for us. We never tell them that he died, was buried, and that he resurrected again on the third day and has ascended into heaven that he'll save whosoever will. The multitudes are passing away and that gives us a cause for the urgency of the hour. Secondly, the spiritual destitution of the heathen world. The Samaritans, again, they were idolater worshipers. I remember when we were doing a revival at the Washington State Penitentiary and in 1985 and 86 it was rated one of the bloodiest prisons in America. I remember Brother Gene Blackburn, he's in heaven now. He was a dear friend. I preached a number of meetings for him when he pastored and then the Lord called him to serve with us as a missionary. We traveled literally hundreds of thousands of miles together in the western half of the United States. 
He was a tremendous preacher. And I remember uh, one day he preached at the Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla, Washington. And there were two Muslims that were uh, in the services and they were trying to disrupt the preaching. And there was a man by the name of Moses who sat on the front row. And those men kept interrupting Brother Blackburn and scoffing the gospel. And I remember um, Mr. Moses said, shut up and sit down. And Brother Blackburn started studying, stuttering in his message. He thought he was talking to him. He said, I'm not talking to you, preacher. I'm talking to them two big mouths back there. He stood up and turned around and said, if you don't shut up, I'll shut you up. Well, he was a big man. When he started standing up, he kept on standing up. And those two boys sat down and shut up and didn't say a word. Later, the next day, he came in, he stood up, and he said, Can I give a word of testimony? He was allowed to give a brief word of testimony, and he told how that he was a Buddhist and how that he had went back to his cell block and he looked at his little statue of Buddha. He said, I had gotten saved in the services last night and I went back to my cell block and I looked at old Buddha and I said to him, Buddha, I've had to carry you everywhere I've gone in my life. But I'm at the God tonight who's going to carry me. He said, Buddha, I've had to sacrifice for you, but I met a God tonight who sacrificed for me. He said, Buddha, he said, you've never done anything for me. Everything that's done in our relationship has been me doing for you. But I met a God tonight who did everything for me. He said, Buddha, I just want you to know I'm done with you. He said, I took little Buddha, put him in the toilet, pushed the button, and down the drain he went. He said, I want you to know I'm saved tonight, and I've come to know Christ as my Savior. Why? He realized the urgency of the hour. And so we find that Jesus is bringing the disciples to the urgency of the hour. He assured them the destitution and the depravity of the heathen and idolater worshipers. And yet this Samaritan woman had been converted to Christ and went into the city and said, Hey, come see a man that told me all that ever I did. And listen to her testimony. Is not this the Christ? I remember been a couple of years ago, we received a letter from a prisoner's sister and family who said that their brother had passed away in prison and they had gone in to clean out their personal items and take them with them. They said as we began to go through the Rock of Ages or go through his materials, we found a lot of the Rock of Ages of booklets and tracts and materials. We even found some certificates where he had completed some of his Bible studies with Rock of Ages. And said he had written in the flyleaf of his Bible and the notes that he had written um, in his personal journal about how God used Rock of Ages to change his life. May I say to you that all we've done at Rock of Ages is ask God for the heathen. Who have you asked God for lately? 
Then we see the providence of God in, his, in this scripture and the extraordinary opportunities. We have a crisis as well as a call in this text. And the open doors may suddenly close, my friend. There is an urgency. We heard of these fields that Dr. Dunsford shared with us this morning. Brother Byer, concerning Germany, these open doors of opportunity, and they are open today, but they may close tomorrow. And so there is an urgency to get the gospel into the regions beyond. And I ask you today as we prepare to close this morning, will you allow God to deal with your apathy? Would you allow God to deal with the, with the reality, the urgency, the hour, and the need of the gospel of Christ here in the United States of America and literally around the world? Would you not join with Christ as he challenges the disciples to lift up your eyes and look on the fields that are white already to harvest? Someone has rightfully said, the light that shines the brightest at home shines the brightest and the furthest. Let me ask you this morning. Are you here this morning? And you fit in the same category of the disciples? And yet God's brought you to the urgency of the hour to see the need of souls in need of Christ. Would it be right to send a missionary to the foreign field when we have family members and loved ones that in our own households and under our own roofs. There's a number of prayer requests that's been mentioned in this church and given that we pray for in our personal prayer time concerning a granddaughter. I haven't ceased every single day, Brother Barnes, since you gave the request. Brother Soulsby's dad, who's praying for salvation and others, and I don't want to go through the list, but I'm just saying uh, this morning, have we really lost our burden, our spirit, our urgency of the hour to reach souls for Christ? Jesus said, lift up your eyes, look on the fields. Would you join with us? Would you join with us at an altar and pray that God will send forth labors? Would you join us in the altar and say, Lord, I could go. I don't have much, but I'll go. The Lord willing, tonight we'll finish our text. And it's amazing what God has in this one little simple text. Let's bow our head in prayer. If you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I'll be honest with you. I don't know the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior. And if I died, I, I know for a... I know for a fact, I know without a shadow of a doubt, if I died this morning, I would not go to heaven. I myself do not know Christ and the free pardon of sin. And preach, I'd ask you to pray for me. Is there a hand anywhere that could be lifted this morning? Just show me the palm of your hand. You don't have to raise it high. Just show me the palm of your hand. Yes, thank you, young man. I see that hand. Someone else this morning, preacher. I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. I see that hand. Two hands this morning. Yes, I see that hand, young lady. God bless you. That's three this morning. Preacher, would you pray for me if I died? I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Is there another? Quickly, quickly. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, lady. 
How about it this morning? Preacher, would you pray for me? I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Would you raise your hand? Now, how many of you sitting here real quick, and I'm going to turn the service over to the preacher in a moment, but I wonder sitting here, heads bowed and eyes closed, and not a single soul looking. How many of you sitting there this morning say, Preacher, now I raise my hand and ask you to pray for me, but I'm going to take the next step. And Preacher, I'd be willing to come and to trust Christ as my Savior this morning. Or I'll send somebody to you. We can send someone to you to pray with you. You'd be willing this morning to pray and trust Christ. Would you raise your hand this morning with us, would you? How about it, ma'am? How about it? Yes. Preacher, can we have somebody go back and pray with them? One of the ladies. Has bowed and eyes closed, not a single soul looking. Ma'am, would you raise your hand again so Sister Nalita can see them? Thank you. How about it, young people? Many hands were raised this morning. Our fathers, we bow before you this morning. We pray for the urgency of the hour that you'll send forth labors and God awaken us from our darkness, from our spiritual apathy. God quicken thou our souls and our spirit to see the reality and the urgency of the hour, the multitudes dying without Christ. Renew our burden, we pray in Christ's name. Preacher.